Hello everyone, it's Mr. Birdman, and today we're going to be focusing on a film that actually celebrates its 25th anniversary this week. And today we are going to be focusing on the film Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Um, the plot of this film and it stars Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. The plot of the film involves three drag queens who win a competition and they drive from New York to Los Angeles. However, along the way, their car breaks down and they become stranded in a small conservative Midwestern town in Snydersville, Nebraska. Uh, this film uh, ha- actually has a very interesting uh, backstory uh, behind the scenes. It was written by, I believe, Douglas Bean Carter, and um, he actually wrote this around 92 or 1993, and uh, he pitched it to a lot of studios, um, to all the studios in Hollywood, actually, and um, he and the script, it just got turned down, it got turned down, it got turned down by a lot of studios, and the the notes that he would get back wouldn't be like, oh, thank you for sending this in. This is a very interesting screenplay. Uh, one of the notes that he actually got back was, um, please don't ever send a script like this to us ever again. Why would you send this? This is no good. Um, he actually did get a... Um, he actually did get some feedback from a couple of studios uh, and actually became a bidding war. Um, the bidding war came between Amblin Entertainment, which is uh, Steven Spielberg's production company, and the second one that was competing for it was Disney, of all companies. Uh, yeah, like a Disney film with drag queens in it. I don't think that would have flown well, but in all honesty, had Disney won uh, the bidding, more they more than likely would have put it under their more adult banners such as like touchstone pictures or hollywood pictures uh but yes amblin entertainment uh, like i said it was steven spielberg's production company his um and they won the bidding and they decided to produce it um it was directed by bb kidron uh who's a female from england and and also a reason that she was selected is because uh, pretty much every male director turned down this movie um, or they just did not, they just did not want to make it. So I think that the film is really significant in that regard is because back then there really weren't a lot of female directors in Hollywood. Um, you would have one here and there, but they would mostly just direct like, uh, TV shows. Um, I know shows like Married with Children, they employed a lot of women and they had like some female directors in there as well. Um, at the time that, that the film was being made, B.B. Uh, Kidron was pregnant. She was about four, uh, about five or six months pregnant, and um, she was really skeptical about doing the film, and Spielberg even offered, he even offered himself that had she had gone into labor, that he would step in and finish directing the film. Can you imagine how, how that would have been, or like having Spielberg be attached or to direct a film like that? Oh, that just would have been... I mean, and hey, Steven Spielberg is already an established director. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, this definitely would have been a, um, a, a quite the film to add to his directing resume. Um, but sure, but sure enough, Evie um, Kidron was able to continue on the film. And when she came back from England to New York, her water broke at JFK right before, right around when the film was in post production. So, um, so that did not happen. Um, so we do have our three leads. Uh, the first one, or the one that actually got top billing, was Wesley Snipes, who plays Noxima Jackson. Um, while I do think that Wes- Wesley Snipes is a great actor, and um, 
I really think that his character, in my personal opinion, is really kind of given the least to do out of the three main characters. It just seems like that he or she, in this case, is just there like just to like shout off, shout off like one liners, um, such as like, like the Miami machine exploded all over. Or uh, maybe she just found out Menudo broke up or, ooh, James, James Mansfield, not a good auto reference. So it just seems like, uh, so I just always felt that like her character was kind of given the least to do. I mean, yeah, she does have a subplot when they get to the small town and like she befriends like this older mute woman and they bond over, um, they bond over like old school Hollywood actors and actresses, particularly of like, I believe the 1930s and the 1940s. Um, but yeah, like a lot of her references or or that, that she makes as a character were just kind of like, wait, what? Like they, like there's a scene in the film where they, um, get stranded in the tent where the Queens get stranded in the town and, um, and they go to their, um, their little hotel room, I guess, that they're staying in. And, uh, Noxime was like, oh, the last black person to stay in this, in this room was Sam Cooke. And I'm like, who the hell is Sam Cooke? And then I looked it up and he was like a musician back in the 60s who was like brutally murdered. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of a dark reference there. I uh, um, I did not expect the film to go that route, but okay. Um, our second lead that we do have is a uh, Chichi Rodriguez um, played by John Leguizamo. And out of the three main leads, uh, John Leguizamo was the only one that had, uh, for the most part, a drag experience um, because he would... Per- he would um, in his one-man shows that he would do, he would um, talk or impersonate people from his neighborhood growing up in the Bronx, and um, there, there would be a couple of characters that he would impersonate. Um, so yeah, he definitely did have some experience. He actually went hard for this movie. Um, he uh, and he even went on a vegan diet uh, to, I guess, like soften his body and everything. And, um, yeah, Chi-Chi Rodriguez, yeah, she's definitely the, uh, up and coming queen of the bunch. And it seems like she has a pretty tragic backstory as well. Um, some of, some of her references, uh, uh, some of her references that she does make throughout the film. And you're like, wait, how did Chi-Chi survive this? What the hell is going on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, she definitely is like the up and coming queen, um, or I guess like it's a clash of the generations between Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes and then John Leguizamo. Uh, when they do get to the small town, she eventually like has a crush on like one of the um, local country bumpkin boys, um, I guess. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that so that's her. It's, it's not really clear like what Chi Chi really wants to do like outside of being a drag queen. Um, it seems like she's just kind of there. She just wants to find a true love and then live her life, I guess. And that's it. Um, finally, the third lead that we do have is Patrick Swayze played by, or is Patrick Swayze. And he plays the character of Miss Vita Boehm. Uh, interesting fact. Uh, he was actually one of the last actors to be seen for this role. And that's particularly because, um, at the time that, that they were cast in this movie, his career was on a bit of a downslide, if you can believe it. Um, he started the 90s off really strong with films like Ghost and Point Break, two great, excellent films. Um, but it seems like right around the Point Break, his career had like kind of peaked because after Point Break, he did a couple of films that didn't, didn't really do um, so well, uh, both critically and financially. 
So by having him in this movie, it was it was a big uh, it, it was a bit of a risk. And so many other actors um, auditioned for the main role of Vita. Uh, everybody ranging from like Robin Williams, Rob Lowe, uh, Mel Gibson, John Cusack, John Turturro, Willem Dafoe, uh, James Spader, I believe. Um, and I, I believe uh, Matt Dillon was also one that was potentially cast as well um and i think robin williams was in who even does have like a uh uncredited cameo in the final film um but patrick swayze he definitely took a different approach to it um he basically based the character of vita a little bit on himself because uh, he grew up in in south texas outside of houston and he his mother was a dancer and he would also do dance as a kid. So he, he got teased a lot for that. So he took a lot of that emotion that he had had as a kid and like being teased and he used that to describe uh, Avita. He also based the character ba- uh, on his mother, who ironically did not approve of her son playing this character. Um, so, yeah, um, Vita is actually kind of like the, I guess, the, the main leader of the group. She always tries to uh, do her best and help e- and help people's lives, uh, despite Noxima will tell her, be like, hey, why are you trying to help these people's lives? Let's, like, help, help each other and let's try to, um, like, move on and, and let's get out to, let's get out to L.A., um, Vita, you can also tell, has a little bit of a, tra- uh, of a, um, uh, of a sad backstory as well uh, because there's a scene like right right when they buy their car and then they leave to LA and they go through her hometown which is outside of Philadelphia and they pull up to her childhood home and her mother comes out of the of the house and recognizes Vita or, or her son in drag and she just like puts her head down and then just like walks away and yeah so, so right away we definitely do feel for this character um, we can tell that she is struggling a bit um, but all, all three actors did, did great jobs, uh, get, and they were given their their roles. They did an excellent job. Um, it, it has been widely reported that this film definitely had a troubled shoot. Um, I think it was about four or five months. Uh, they definitely sh- uh, they shot it in like New Jersey, New York uh, for the opening drag scenes, and then they also shot it in Nebraska. Uh, Snydersville is not a real town. Um, that was purely created for the film, but it was shot in a town, I believe it's called Loma or, or Lima, I, um, I believe it was. So in the Midwest, um, the, the heat that's there, it, it's, it's very much like a dry heat. Um, and, and needless to say, it was a negative experience for the actors. Um, at one point they had to be shaved like five times a day. Um, just so that way their five o'clock shadows would not be shown. Um, there were a lot of flies that came around Swayze, like in his wig and his makeup. And he like literally like threw the wig off and he just stormed off the set, um, just because the flies were getting to him. And, um, and it also has been widely reported that, um, John Leguizamo and Patrick Swayze, like almost got into a fight, uh, a couple of times on, um, on set. And even Leguizamo had admitted, yeah, I was just, uh, he even admitted that he was just improvising his lines. And I, and Patrick Swayze was like, hey, let's stick to the script. Let's, let's read it how it's written and let's go from there. And they, they had their fair share of words. They almost fought, but 
as far as far as I was able to find, the the fight never actually happened. Uh, but Leguizamo did did admit that it was kind of awkward, funny that we almost got into a fight or duking it out, like you know wearing like these exaggerated outfits. Um, so yeah, a little bit of an interesting backstory as well. Um, the marketing for this movie was very interesting. Like I think a lot of companies were very scared um, to to get back into this kind of, or, or to back or promote this kind of movie. Um, companies such as like Pepsi, uh, McDonald's, and Holiday Inn, they did not want to be associated with this film. And I think it was because it was one of the first like mainstream movies to have like actors like in drag. Now, when I say that, I mean, we've had actors appear uh, like be like in drag before, um, but usually it's like as like a plot device or like they need to get out of something. They need to get a job um, or things like that. Uh, I mean, you have some like at hot where like Tony Cur- Curtis and Jack Lemmon, um, they have to be in drag um, to escape mobsters. Uh, in Tootsie, you have Dustin Hoffman in drag uh, because he needs to get a job. Uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire, you have Robin Williams be in drag so he could be with his kids um but this was the first one where that a mainstream film that actually focused like on drag queens um so pepsi didn't want to have their products be in the film uh, mcdonald's said no so a scene of them like eating french fries had, had to be scrapped um there's a hotel scene where the queens stay at um overnight and holiday Inn said no um also the promotion of the film uh, a lot of um uh, like like whenever a movie comes out, like a, a lot of the actors or actresses, they will do like the talk show rounds. Um, Patrick Swayze did appear on the Tonight Show to promote the film, um, but Jay Leno dis, um, really didn't uh, ask him a lot of questions about it. Instead, he opted to talk about um, he he opted to talk about Dirty Dancing rather than Tu Wong Fu. And I was reading this article about it, and supposedly Jay Leno went up in the audience before Swayze came out. And he had, and he was talking to this one lady, and um, she was like a really big Patrick Swayze fan. So he showed her a picture of like what Patrick Swayze looked like then, and a picture of him in drag. And Jay Leno jokingly said, "Okay, uh, so now like the woman is looking for her in her airsick bag." So yeah, it's a really kind of a poor, poor, poor joke on Leno's part. But hey, that's okay. I mean, it, it, this was 1995 after all. Um, this film was released, um, and it ended up being number one at the box office for, for about the first two weeks. Um, usually September is kind of like a dumping ground for film, um, cause some, the summer months have just ended, uh, for film and they're, they're, and studios are waiting for like the fall, like November and December so they can release their, um, their, their Oscar movies. Uh, the critical reaction to it was... A little bit mixed. Uh, I would say it's probably, yeah, mostly mixed, mixed to negative. I believe on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like uh, 39%. And on IMDb, it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say it's probably about 5.9 or 6.4 out of 10. Um, So, yeah, it definitely does have a a mixed reaction. But I think over time, with the rise of Drag Race and where we are in our culture and society of accepting people who are LGBT – um, I think the film's reputation has gotten better over the years. Um, uh, for example, Siskel and Ebert. Um, Siskel loved the film. Uh, Roger Ebert, he, he thought it was okay, um, but he but he 
just wasn't a fan. Um, Gene Siskel loved the film so much that he campaigned or he thought that Patrick Swayze deserved an Oscar nomination for the role. I wouldn't go that far um, to have Patrick Swayze be nominated for an Oscar for this film, but he definitely does give it his all. Um, and, and even Swayze and Leguizamo, they were nominated for Best Actor and Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes, uh, Golden Globe Awards uh, that the following January. So, I mean, I guess it did pay off. Um, now, the one film that this has been compared to is a film that came out prior before it, which was The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which does involve drag queens going on a road trip, um, and it, it, but instead of driving in a Cadillac, they drive in a bus, which they named Priscilla. Um, there, there was always talk about, in Hollywood, like which film like was in production first, whether it was Too Long or Priscilla. Uh, from what I've seen, it seems that Tu Wan Fu was in production uh, first, but Australia beat beat the U.S. to it and released Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It was a huge it was a huge hit, um, both critically and financially. Because um, I, I believe Priscilla has about ninety or about eighty eight to ninety percent approval rate on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so when Tu Wan Fu came out the next year, because Priscilla came out in nineteen ninety four. Um, Tu Wan Fu was just kind of dismissed as like, oh, this is just a, this is just a Americanized version of Tu Wan Fu. And a lot of people didn't really take it seriously. Um, it ended up, but overall Tu Wan Fu, I think ended up making about $37 million at the box office. Um, and it, and it did finish like in the top 50 for top 50 highest grossing films of 1995. Uh, And Swayze has, it's. Uh, had stayed in later interviews he's like yeah it, it was good uh, it did well but it did not do as well as we'd hoped um but i have to say like you know, for a film that really didn't have a lot of backing to it um and it being number one at the box office for a couple of weeks i have to say that it certainly has become a cult classic um the the three leads they definitely do have chemistry together um so yeah, uh, with Tu Wong Fu, um, as far as, um, and I'll definitely go over like my pros and my, and my cons here. Uh, some of the cons that I found to be, or that stuck out to me when I watched this recently, the film never really gives a reason as to why they are in drag like 24 seven. Um, there, there really is given no explanation because I mean, it's obvious that they don't identify as transgender they identify as like cis men or or gay men, for example, because um, there is that scene where Noxima explains to Chi Chi like the difference between a transvestite, a transgender, or transsexual, and a drag queen. Um, so it's obvious that they do identify as gay men. Um, but aside from that, there really is no reason like as to why they are in drag twenty four seven. I guess the filmmakers just wanted to. Um, get as much as they could out of seeing like these three masculine guys uh wear wearing dresses and heels and makeup and stuff like that um so from that perspective it just seems like that the film was being treated as like a gimmick or just like a a publicity stunt or something like that but yeah there really isn't like no clear reason because if anything it seems that they're mostly wanted in drag than they are out uh, because there is that scene where they do get pulled over by this cop, Sheriff Dollar Duller, uh, played by Chris Penn. And 
So he pulls them over, and it seems like that he wants to like assault or sexually assault Patrick Swayze's character. Um, he finds out that she is really a he, and <laughs> which that which that well which um, interesting. Interesting fact about that scene, um, the reason that his facial expression is so like of a genuine shock is because as a joke, Patrick Swayze put like an ear of corn underneath his costume. So when Chris Penn's character goes to like feel up the Vita character, um, like his face is like of genuine shock. He's like, what the hell am I touching here? So that so that made it all the funnier. Um, (laughs) But like. He, but like she shoves him and like he just like passes out and I'm just like wow he must have like the like the most paper mache head ever because they think he's dead and like he's literally like passed out for I think like a day or something and I'm like what the heck they did not kill this guy or um or so so they leave Chris Penn's body there and like you think that it would lead to like something dark, but then like the next scene, they just stop at a rest stop and change their outfits and boom. Okay. Everything's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, that's another thing that kind of bugged me about this movie when I rewatched it was the fact that the tone is kind of off in some scenes. Um, it feels that like it wants to talk, uh, to touch on serious issues, but I don't think the film is given real, real permission to, to like take on serious positions. Um, like the scene that I mentioned with, with, uh, Vita, like going to her childhood home and seeing her mother stand outside. I think that could have been a plot device right then and, and there, or, or like if they get stranded in this small town at a hotel, it, it would have been more interesting if the hotel owner was Vita's mother and like she would try to reconnect with her mother while in drag. So that would give the, the characters a, a reason to stay in drag 24 seven, I think that would have been a much more, much more heartwarming movie rather than um, just being stranded in like this middle of ass town with a bunch of like strangers um, that they immediately bond with on like what two or three days. I, I believe that's how long that they were stranded in this town. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's also a scene where um, Chi-Chi's character falls in love with like this local boy and like. And then, like, all of a sudden, he he tells her, like, oh, I love you, Miss Chi-Chi. I'm like, uh, okay, dude. First of all, you've only known her for, like, less than 24 hours. It's like, dude, what what the hell? Only, mo- uh, only in the movies can, like, somebody be in love with somebody after, like, less than less than 24 hours. Um, but they they do a good job. Chi-Chi does, like, pass him on to, like, a, a local girl that, like, he can uh, be with and fall in love with and stuff. So, yeah, that, that plot line got wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, there's also a subplot, um, in which, um, uh, the, the hotel, the place they're staying at or Stocker Chaney's character, like she's being abused by, by her husband. Um, so like whenever they had those scenes in the film, it, it kind of felt like I was watching a different, a different movie. Um, it, it's like they would, they would show it and then they would cut back to a funny scene. I was like, wait, wait, what? Hold up, hold up. this scene just seems like it it belongs in a different movie it's like what what's going on here um i guess because the plot's uh, so um yeah yeah definitely good to see stalker channing in a role i mean i think pretty much the only roles i recognize her is of course rizzo in greece and um uh, she was the first lady on the west wing um but yeah so there's that um 
Also, there's a scene where Vita is hearing that Stalker Cheney's character is being beat up or roughed up by her husband. And Chi-Chi is telling Vita that like, oh, like nobody loves loves you, Vita, and you couldn't cut it out as a man. You had to put on the dress. And Vita's about to tell Chi-Chi, yeah, oh, I've had quite enough, and her wig falls off. And you think it's going to lead to like some sort of realization or some sort of epiphany, but ne- but it never does. Um, and that was something that just always kind of that just always kind of stuck out to me. And also like Chris Penn's character, like he's just like so obsessed with finding these queens like he'll even like stop traffic and like do like composite drawings or whatever or like go into like all these places to try and find them it's like what um now you might be thinking that i don't like this movie but actually it's it's a harmless film i think it's okay um the three leads definitely do a good job they have excellent chemistry together um and some of the supporting cast definitely does definitely does a good job um they certainly help the ladies out in the town um they like they help them like do their hair and have them pick out their new outfits and stuff um and they even teach like the young men of the town to to be presented as like as like gentlemen instead of being like a bunch of perverts um which that was something that that i also found kind of amusing as well was the fact that like this small town has like I don't know, less than 30 people. And it's like older women and like younger men. It's like, wait a minute, what, what, what is going on here? Um, yeah. And, and of course, spoiler alert, um, uh, they get to the, uh, drag competition at the end. And of course, and they have Chi Chi be the winner, which I'm like, wait a minute. She didn't even win the, the contest in New York. It's like, wait, what, how in the hell did like, she even compete? Like if like, wait, what? Like, Certain things about it, like you just kind of go go along with it. Um, but yeah, it's a harmless movie. Um, it is funny. Um, s- some of them like make you be like, "Wait, oh my gosh!" They, it's one of those like, "Oh my gosh!" Like they did not just do that. Um, I, I will say, John Leguizamo or, or Chichi was definitely um, definitely the highlight of the film. Uh, he definitely he definitely stole the show. Um, so if you are going to watch this movie. Um, it, it's best that you watch it for his character. He definitely does a good job. Um, Patrick Swayze, I think, does a good job as well. Um, it, it's definitely a film that you really don't hear hear very much about from his filmography. Like when he passed away back in 2009, um, pretty much mostly the films that 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 they that all the news outlets talked about was mostly like Dirty Dancing and Ghost. Um, I even remember last year watching uh, the I Am Patrick Swayze documentary and they had a clip of Tu Wong Fu and I was watching the documentary with my dad and, and my dad started laughing. And, and I'm like, oh, like, oh, you're laughing because it's Patrick Swayze in a dress. And he's like, no, I forgot this movie existed. And, uh, and, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Because like when people talk about Swayze in his film roles, this one for a long time always got... It just seemed like it was always kind of forgotten. So, but my dad's, but when I asked my dad, like, hey, what were your thoughts on this film? He's like, oh, it's harmless. I mean, yeah, it's silly, but it's not offensive or anything. I mean, it's funny. Um, So, yeah, he wasn't laughing at the fact that it was Swayze in a dress. It was because, like, oh, the film is harmless. The film is silly. Um, It's something that you can watch and, you know, not have to worry about life for an hour and 50 minutes. Um... So yeah, I mean, it's definitely is a good, it's a good one. Wesley Snipes, I mean, despite me saying that I think that his character is given little to do, like you can tell that he's given it his all. 
Um, so, so yeah, he definitely does does good too. Um, and this is all that I have to say about uh, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. I think it's a fun film. I think it's harmless. Um, it is entertaining. Yeah, there are some things that I kind of like, kind of scratch my head at. Uh, but overall, I would say that this is a good film. Uh, it's one that you can easily watch. Um, yeah. So if you've seen Tu Wan Fu, I hope that you've enjoyed it as well. Um, like, what did you think of it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, feel free to uh, share this podcast with whom you may think likes this film. And this is Mr. Birdman signing off. <laughs>